What's going on? Welcome into the Just Talk Pod with George Arjour, part of the Sports on Tap Network. Today's episode, we're giving you out the quarterback divisional playoff rankings, ranking all eight quarterbacks left in the NFL. Our Seattle story of a day, three restaurants that the pandemic or any anything really should never let affect story time what it's like to travel during a global pandemic to colombia medellin specifically i also went to cartagena and bogota we also do lyric review a song by Lil baby and then we sign off until next saturday until saturday yeah we're gonna be back on saturday where we have chelsea walsh on on our first edition of bringing interviews back um, as always, this episode is brought to you by the Sports on Tap and Bet Us. You, you can visit betus.com and use promo code the Sports on Tap to get a hundred percent bonus on your first deposit. We're also want to say this episode is part in partnership with the That Being Said podcast of George and Sammy Georgeur. So visit us and listen to us there. Last but not least, you can follow me on all social media at George on Tap, whether it's Twitter and Instagram. Please share this with as many friends as you can. Give it five stars. This episode and in general, this podcast cannot grow without the help of you guys. So I'd really appreciate that. And before we get started, we got a quick word from one of our sponsors. All right, welcome into today's episode. Uh, you heard the intro. Let's get started right away. We got our QB quarterback rankings for the upcoming divisional round of the NFL playoffs. And as you know, I've been doing this a whole entire season where I'm ranking all the quarterbacks that are, you know, left in the NFL. I've all season we had our different rankings, the quarterback rankings. All 32 of them were down to eight quarterbacks left, and. Three of those quarter, two of those quarterbacks were number one overall picks in the NFL draft, and they're you'll see them right away. They're the worst two left quarterbacks, in my opinion, in the quarterback rankings. We also have in the AFC uh, three out of the four quarterbacks who've only won one playoff game in their career. So uh, usually, it's really hard for a quarterback on his first playoff run to actually make it all the way to the Super Bowl. Um, one of them might do it, or it might be Patrick Mahomes, which is going to be my guess, and he'll make it back to the Super Bowl this year. In the NFC, you have a lot older group with Aaron Rodgers in in his late 30s, Tom Brady in his late 30s, and uh, of course Drew Brees or Tom Brady in his 40s, and Drew Brees I think just turned 40, and then you have Jared Goff who's on the younger end. So uh, let's get to it. These are our quarterback rankings. Number eight, I got Jared Goff. Man, Jared Goff has made it to a Super Bowl before, so I was going to have him actually at number seven. But the reason I'm going to put him as the eighth quarterback left in the NFL uh, quarterback rankings is he's had a bad year and to his thumb injuries. It didn't seem like he could actually grip the ball. didn't seem like he could actually go out and get the job done. He, they beat a Seahawks team that was uh, 
didn't show up to play. Well, you, if you listen to me and my brother's podcast, uh, I went into that. So number eight is Jared Goff, and with his injury, I don't. I think that he will not be one of the four quarterbacks left next week. There's another guy who's he was a number one overall pick. The next number one overall pick is number seven is Baker Mayfield. Uh, Baker Mayfield for his first playoff game looked composed. He looked good. He was also spotted a lead by the Pittsburgh Steelers. He wasn't asked to do too much, but when he was asked to do something or was asked to complete a pass, when he was asked to make the big play, he was able to do it. He has one playoff win in his career, but um, I would have him slightly below. I trust number six a little bit more, and that's Drew Brees. Drew Brees, to me, look I don't think Drew Brees is a very good quarterback anymore. I don't think he can get the job done. I don't think he can make throws, but he has that veteran savvy. We saw it on a touchdown pass. Um, I think it was to um, Murray in, um, in the first or second quarter of the Saints game where Murray fell down. Drew Brees was pressured. He just like kind of lobbed it to him. He's still smart enough to make those big throws. I had to put him at six, number five. Lamar Jackson just got his first playoff win uh, of his career. Let's see if that gets the monkey off his back. Sometimes you just need that one playoff win. Uh, I'll give you my prediction later this week on that game. Uh, Hint, I think Baltimore will beat the Bills. But at the same time with Lamar, sometimes you just got to get that monkey off your back and you're going to be able to go out and do bigger and better things throughout the rest of the playoffs. Number four, Josh Allen, um, he won that game for Baltimore uh, for Buffalo. If he didn't play that game, Buffalo would have lost that game. And I, there was no reason for him not to play that game. And a lot of times you hear that if he didn't play, well, he's going to play no matter what. However, he he played really good and he stepped up in every single situation that he could. I was really, uh, really fascinated with how good he was. Number three, Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady is not as good right now as Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson at throwing the football. However, he has that veteran savvy. He's won six Super Bowls. And I'm going to also be picking him to move on this week. Uh, I think Tom Brady is still a really elite level quarterback. That's why I had him at five, six, my, the whole entire season in the quarterback rankings. Tom Brady at number three. Number two, Aaron Rodgers. Um, the only reason I have Aaron Rodgers number two, not number one, is it's been a few years since we've seen Aaron Rodgers have that success in the playoffs and go really deep. And that's why number one is Patrick Mahomes, who has in his two years starting in the NFL and now third year, year one MVP AFC championship game lost. Year two didn't win the MVP, but got the Super Bowl MVP in the Super Bowl win. Year three has a bye week in the best record in the NFL at 15 and one. And I know a lot of people, we know that the Kansas City Chiefs have not looked good throughout the uh, overall grand scheme of things here in the NFL playoffs. However, I mean, in the NFL regular season at the end of it, especially, however, they won all those games, despite the fact that they might've not looked great and they went 15 and one. So once again, my quarterback power rankings, all eight left quarterbacks in the NFL. Number eight, I have Jared Goff. I know he's been to a Super Bowl, but with that broken finger, I think I trust him the least. Number seven, Baker Mayfield. He got his first playoff win, but that doesn't mean I'm ready to put him on that upper echelon yet. I think he's a little bit behind it. I think he wasn't asked to do much. He was spotted with a lead, but he's still a good quarterback. Number six, Drew Brees. Drew Brees just can't throw the ball downfield with accuracy anymore. He'll have one or two plays a game where um, you see him do really well. 
But at the same time, I just don't think if when if they were playing from behind, I don't think he can lead a team back behind by throwing the football. Number five, Lamar Jackson. He got that monkey off his back. He got that first playoff win. Huge playoff win for uh, Lamar Jackson, and it really makes me happy to see him get that win. Now is that going to translate into more wins? We're going to find out here when they play the num- the Buffalo Bills and number four quarterback Josh Allen. Josh Allen won that game for the Buffalo Bills. Their defense didn't look good. Not Their team in general necessarily didn't look that good, but Josh Allen was elite at throwing the football and won the game for the Buffalo Bills. Number three, Tom Brady. Six Super Bowls. You're going to be a top three no matter what. The guy is incredible still. It seems like the Buccaneers maybe have turned a corner and are ready to make a run towards the Super Bowl. Number two, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has done nothing wrong not to earn number one, but he does not. He hasn't had very recent playoff success like number one, who is Patrick Mahomes, as I said. Three years, playoffs, all three as a starter, AFC Championship game, number one seed, and a Super Bowl under his belt. Number one is Patrick Mahomes in my quarterback power rankings heading into the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. All right, so... Those are my quarterback power rankings. We're going to be giving out my picks before the game. Sat- well, you, you'll hear the podcast Saturday. You're listening to this. It's Wednesday. Let's get to our Seattle story of the week. All right, Seattle, what's going on, everyone? Um, look, this Seattle story of the week is really not that. Uh, it was actually, I wanted to talk about the Seattle Seahawks, but if you want to listen to the Seattle Seahawks stuff, man, I had a lot of thoughts. Um, I called the season soulless on me and my brother's podcast. That being said, podcast, Seattle Super Pod version. So if you want to listen to that, you can go ahead and go listen to it. I was very disappointed in that team. Uh, we just fired right before this podcast started the offensive coordinator. Uh, you'll probably listen to this Wednesday, so that's old news. But today, I'm going to talk about three Seattle restaurants make Esquire's list of 100 restaurants America can't afford to lose. So three Seattle restaurants claimed a little dose of fame at the end of 2020 as the Esquire outlined the top 100 of restaurants America can't afford to lose, whether that's now in the midst of COVID-19 or down the road. According to Esquire, you know that bistro around the corner, the one where you and your partner first locked eyes across the table, the Southern barbecue joint where back in the days before the pandemic, you and your comrades, who calls fucking friends comrades, used to come together for a sweet rack of ribs on Friday nights as another sorry work week sputtered to a close. The bodega where you're such a regular that no one has to ask you how you like your breakfast sandwich, the taqueria where they nail the salsa verde. Um, the place where you can watch a Korean grandmother make dumplings in the kitchen. Or wait, how about the Trattori with the long honey-hued bar and wine list that makes you want to throw away common sense and max out your credit card? What if those places vanish? What if you were to wake up tomorrow morning and learn that the remnant of your life and that portion of your community's lingua franca has been erased, Esquire remarked? Because if we lose them, these restaurants, we lose who we are. So here are the three for Seattle. Um... Number one, you can probably assume, Canalis, uh, alongside famed eateries across Chicago, San Francisco, and New York, the first Seattle restaurant to claim a space on the list was unsurprisingly Canalis. 
Um, the landmark fine dining destinations as the 1950s would whisk out upscale Pacific Northwest Fair alongside a very special night out in the Emerald City. Um, look, um, it's an elegant restaurant. I can't, I have to admit, there is no way. This, there used to be a drive-in theater there, right? Like, I, And then people would go from the drive-in theater and then go to the restaurant. You can't lose Candlelist. It is a Seattle landmark. Um, this one is a absolute must. Um, totally agree with the list. Next is Lowell's, the second restaurant receiving nod from the magazines that have Lowell's, a three-story eatery dueling out waterfront views in Pike Place Market. Um, so here's the thing with Lowell's. I've never ate there, but I've walked by it a thousand times. And it's one of those restaurants where you sit there and you walk by and you're like, oh, I know that one. It looks like a tourist trap. I don't know if it is. I haven't been there, but that's another restaurant that the Seattle folks, we just cannot afford to lose. And that is Lowell's. So keep that in mind. And last but not least is Shiro Sushi. Um, the fine restaurant in the top 100 of, was that of Shiro Sushi. It's a Belltown upscale authentic sushi restaurant serving up a mosque and a la carte menu. That's another one that I haven't been to. It was opened in 1994, um, which got me thinking, right? Um, restaurants in general are going to have a hard time because of this pandemic. I mean, we can't. When was a lot? I mean, like somewhere like Candlelist, which is such an interesting good and um, and really, really famous restaurant here in the Seattle area. We need to figure out what we can do to keep these restaurants going. And if you listen to this podcast, I don't know um, like what we can do. But if you have any ideas, that's kind of why I brought this up as a story. Email me, george at thesportsontap.com. Let's, let's raise some money for restaurants. Let's save these local restaurants. Let's sponsor for free some local restaurants on this podcast. And I think that would be really helpful and would really just do good. So the only reason I brought up this story, cause I don't have an angle on this story. I mean, what, what's my angle going to be? Oh, these are three great restaurants. Yeah, of course they are, but there are way more great restaurants. And the only angle I could really think of is please email me George at the sports on tap.com or DM me at George on tap or Twitter me at, on DM Twitter, George on tap, and let's figure out a way we can save some restaurants, whether it's here or in different parts of this country. I don't know what we can do. Just put our heads together, if, whether it's money, free sponsorship on this podcast, um, free advertising for a couple of days, whatever it might be. Let's figure it out. Let's get these restaurants back on their feet as we are, and we're still in the hardest time in American his, recent American history. And it doesn't seem like the end. The end, we can see the light. We can see it's almost going to come to an end, but it's not there yet. So let's see and figure out what we can do uh, there. All right. Story time coming up next. All right. So Colombia. Colombia is known for many things, um, including the cartel, um, Pablo Escobar, cocaine, and coffee. But I don't think that's fair to just talk about Colombia when it comes to those things. I think there's a lot more to Colombia than that. Um, so traveling during a global pandemic, I if you listen to the last two episodes... And my story time during those is my last one. I tell you, it's story time. It's Tulum. 
I did story time in Mexico City, and I've, now I'm doing story time in Medellin, Colombia, slash Cartagena and Bogota for a few days each. Now, Colombia is a place that I've always had on my mind to go to. I've always wanted to check out Colombia. I've always wanted, been interested in the culture. I lived in Miami for a few years, and when I lived in Miami, I had a lot of friends from Colombia, so that made me really interested in checking out the country and the culture and seeing what it's all about. And let me just say, it was my favorite part of the trip. It was my favorite country on the trip, and uh, I am planning to go back there and work again remotely in Colombia and hopefully there's some soccer matches hopefully things are open hopefully I can go and actually do things that I've always wanted to do that I initially was planning to do when I was going to travel and work remotely so before we get started on the story time I did go to watch a Seattle Seahawks game at a bar in Colombia I'm going to read that as per expert you can just go into the sportsontap.com type in medellin me by the way medellin is not medellin it's medellin is how they pronounce it over there so uh, i'm not going to read the whole entire article for you here on story time but i did say started off before going to the bar which is a great time you got to check it out medellin colombia the name usually gets associated with drugs violence and shady business haunted by the remembrance of a past in the ghost of pablo escobar colombia may have not shaken off the dust of their powdery past cocaine reference anyone but frankly it's not fair the city deserves to be recognized on a global scale not for its shady past but for what is for what it has become a haven for food coffee music and destination worthy of multiple visits in south america and not to mention the beautiful views of the city surrounded by mountains also, if you like NFL football or Seahawks football, you could watch the games in multiple places. I decided to venture for the Seattle Seahawks' crucial Thursday night game against the Cardinals and find a place to watch the game. They won. Being in the Medellin during a global pandemic is interesting. You can tell the pandemic is ongoing because everyone is wearing a mask and your temperature is being taken each and every time you enter an indoor facility. But going through the main hub of Medellin named El Pobaldo, you can hardly tell the world is different. Bars are open. Clubs are open. Literally, minus wearing a mask, life is normal. Is this a good thing? Can't say yes. But that can be left to debate debate in a different time and different moment. So that's kind of the little intro to that. If you can read the rest of it and what happened while I was going to watch a Seahawks game, that's fun. But the point of this is more about, okay, so that what was Colombia like? Now, I left Colombia and things have gone downhill. Not for me, but for Colombia and COVID. Um, just going through Google, going through Reddit, talking to a few friends I made there. Everything is now closing up. There's a curfew in place, bars, restaurants. Everything is different. It's not like it was when I was there in December. And everyone kind of knew that was going to happen. Uh, Columbia remained open through the holiday season. Uh, uh, bars, clubs, and restaurants all did because they wanted to make sure that they made their money during a crucial holiday time. And they did, and people went out, and people made spent money, and it kept their economy going. But if there's one thing, and I don't want to make this political, we've seen from charts, whether a country locks up or opens up, COVID is coming, and COVID is spreading. So I don't know, do lockdowns work? I'm going to leave that to scientists to decide, not me. But from the numbers we've seen so far, some scientists will debate that lockdowns don't work. And some scientists will debate that lockdowns are crucial. So what? which one is it? I'm not quite sure. But we went really from the beginning of this pandemic 
of crush the curb to we need a vaccine. And, and we're at the vaccine stages now. Hopefully we can all get vaccinated soon and resume back to normal life, which seems like this is now normal life because it's gone way too long. But to Colombia, man, you got you guys got to check out this country. You got to check out the city, the food, the atmosphere. And I, I want to talk about the three main cities real quick and uh, that I went to and I found were really fun. Number one, I went to Medellin. Medellin was fun. It was fantastic. The people were nice. Um, traveling during a global pandemic to Medellin was really cool. I, I, I found it to be fascinating from the from the food to the people, to the environment. The weather is absolutely perfect. The city itself is magnificent. It's in like basically surrounded by mountains and it's in the middle of like bunch of mountains. So you get into the airport and you got to drive 40, 45 minutes from the airport uh, to the city to even get there. And the city's awesome. It's really hilly. It's hard to walk. You're going to lose weight because you're walking uphill a lot if you're staying in Pobaldo, but there's also Lorelis which was really nice place to go walk in its flats. So in overall, I just wanted to say that Medellin is a fantastic city. I will do be going to Medellin again, pretty sure. Um, the second city I went to was Cartagena, more on the beach, and I found that to be really fun. I was only there for three, th three days, but it was really cool. Um, I thought that... Um, you know, the environment was a little different. It was a beach city. Um, the beach kind of sucked, but there was islands. So you go to the beach, they take you on a boat, you get to an island, and you get a swim on the island, and it's really cool. Um, the only problem of Cartagena is the uh, people trying to sell you stuff on the street everywhere you go. Literally, you cannot go two minutes without someone trying to sell you something. Not even 25 seconds. It's just like, oh, hello, hello, bye, 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 and you just say no, 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 no. Uh, number three was Bogota, way more industrial. I kind of, I haven't been to Italy, but it reminds me of Milan, right? No one, everyone, Milan, even though it's the biggest city in Italy, not everyone goes and visits Italy. That's why I thought Bogota was. I, it was pretty cool. There were some really cool districts in Bogota, good food in Bogota, more of a foodie city than Medellin. But overall, I would say it was a little bit slower atmosphere, a little bit less people, and a little less fun, but definitely a place I would like to visit again. And I just wanted to go off here in the beat for a second and say... Uh, I, this is story time, right? So Colombia was absolutely fantastic. It treated me well. I had a lot of fun to say the least. And it was weird during a global pandemic where everyone's locked down. And I was able to do all these things, but I don't regret it, to be honest with you. I think this is something like, look, if you're young and healthy, you should be able to do it. And that's how I want to end the last of story time. Look, traveling during a global pandemic might not be the most responsible might not be the greatest might have been the best choice a lot of people might even find it to be selfish but i know a lot of people are not traveling during this global pandemic because they're worried about what other people are going to say or can i post it on social media don't worry about that shit right if you feel like you can travel if you feel like you can go to a restaurant if you feel like you want to go to see friends don't be don't let the mob get you is what I'm trying to say. Don't let everyone shame you into saying, oh, my God, look at you. No, no, don't do that. Don't allow it. Now, should you wear a mask? Yeah, wear your mask. Should you wash your hands? Yeah, wash your hands. Should you go and hang out with 500 people and go see an elderly person? No. But don't let the mob make you feel guilty because that's what they want. That's what everyone's trying to do right now. 
Everyone has conditional guilt. They'll make you feel guilty for doing something and then go out and do the same exact thing and make it political and say some really nasty stuff to you. I just think it has become unfair. So that's kind of been my moral of story time. Don't let people judge you. If you're going to let people judge you, you're never going to be happy, whether now during the global pandemic or later on in your life when there's no global pandemic. Do you be safe at the same time? Don't be stupid, but be safe. And hopefully we can go back to normal life soon. That's story time of George Orjur. But we're going to be going back. Um, here's the thing before we move on to uh, the lyric review. I do want to say uh, I have, I think, the next three episodes interviews lined up. I'm going to keep bringing back story time once in a while when I don't have interviews. And uh, some of them will be sports-related, some will not. But I hope you enjoyed that, and I hope you enjoyed a little perspective here before we bring on guest interviews. To our lyric review coming up next. All right. Lyric review, Little Baby on Me. And Little Baby's a pretty good rapper, to be honest with you. I know a lot of people just want to right away just slam anyone who is new or young and not like, oh, man, this guy's a lyrical genius like Tupac or Kendrick Lamar. J. Cole! No, no, no. It's all right to say someone has good lyrics even if he raps in 2020 or 2021. It's okay. I swear to God, the rap gods aren't going to come and fucking – shoot you all right so just relax so little baby on me one of the top songs on apple itunes right now here we go first lyric fill the bando up with bands give a little bro them a job you can come get rich with us you're gonna eat or you're gonna starve keep it certified hitters and i pay him not to rob all right week week start by little baby week start here bandos with bands not a good rhyme bro then he hires some criminal criminals, then he pays them not to do crimes. That's a waste of money. Why are you wasting money, man? He goes on to say, and here's where it gets good. Hop out to 2020 Cullinan, and I'm riding in a star. Know some people hate that. I'm on top of a bulletproof the car. All the members made three brands are packed, live like the cracking cars. Joe know for a fact I keep it real. He ain't take the charge. For those of you who don't know, a Cullinan is a Rolls Royce. So he's writing like a star. That verse that verse is pretty sick, to be honest. He goes on to say, why is she talking crazy about me like I don't know more than my part? I can't play if my creation give a world to my little boy. I've been saving more than I've been spending. That's what I've been on. I'm a human. I'm not perfect. I know sometimes I'd be wrong. Bam. Look at this, man. Another great line. He has a kid. He doesn't want to mess around, so he's doing his job to give the world or everything to his little boy. And look, he's financially responsible. He saves more than he spends. This is a very good trait. It's a very good trait for you guys out there. Um, so I found the first two verses to be actually, actually pretty good, man. Um, you got to give it to him sometime. He feel like when someone does good, you just say, "Hey, man, good job on the lyrics." Good job on the lyrics, little baby. All right, so we get on to the chorus where he says, I'm like, come and put that 
pussy on me. Don't be running from me. If I like it, I spend money on it. Get whatever from me. Put six figures in your business. I do real shit. I drop cash at the dealership. They'll mail you a pink slip. She makes sure she keeps her nails did and her wig fixed. That sucks. She has a wig, bro. Um, went to jail and that one held me down. She a real bitch. Hundreds rounds in the double drum. It's a kill tent. Marco been in prison for a while, but he's still flexing. All right. All right. What's going on here with the chorus? Let's elevate this. He wants his girl to give him some. Who doesn't? If he likes it, he'll pay money. Not to the girl, just in general. He buys his cars in cash at the dealership. Also. His girl didn't even leave him when he went to jail. So she's a real one. She stood by his side. Or as they like to say in the industry, she's a ride or die. Good chorus. Good chorus overall. After the chorus, he comes out with, I told bro and them to park the cars, but they still wreck. Okay. I don't think nobody around, but I still check. I don't get $100 million. I can't chill yet. I don't got $100 million. I can't chill yet. But don't get it misconstructed. I get real checks. So he doesn't have $100 million yet, but he's still getting money. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Another good line. Baby, I, I, this is actually kind of good right here. He's about to go, baby, fucking like a porn star. We have real sex. Have nobody in our business. We take real jets. Say she like it when I perform, so I fuck her with my chains on, and she handled her part, so I let her play the main role. All right, sick verse again here. Porn star, real sex. Pretty pretty solid line there. She likes it when he performs. He's talking about a concert, but he has his chain on, so it's sex because he has his chain on, perform chain on. I, I, I thought it was really good there. He ends it not so hot with the last lyric before the chorus. Ain't I... Ain't have to get rich for this partner stay with the same folks. And I can't be with none of you folks. Not in the same boat. Ten chain bustin' look like a rainbow. Not the best line. But overall, pretty good song. I gotta give him four for five out of the lyrics. Little Baby just killed it. Just killed it there. So that's Little Baby on me. Lyrical review. Let's get on to one... One one part on the Spurs and goodbyes. All right, and that's gonna be basically the end of the episode. We got one word on Tottenham as we do at every one every end of these episodes. Spurs, not much happened actually this weekend. Um, you heard the Saturday before the Saturday podcast. I did say they're going to be playing in the FA Cup. They won 5 nothing. Really cool cuz they played in a at Marine which was literally an eighth seeded team, uh eighth league team and they dominated obviously, but the scenes were amazing and one thing that I thought was really cool was there's no locker room so the players actually got dressed at a local bar and then went and played the game, won 5 nothing, went home and then tomorrow they play Fulham. Because they were supposed to play Aston Villa, but COVID, and now they play a rescheduled Fulham game instead of the Aston Villa game. COVID has been wrecking sports everywhere, so hopefully I'll have a nice little up. Well, not tomorrow. It'll be actually today if you're listening to this podcast. It comes out Wednesday morning. Uh, so go Spurs, Coys. Uh, thank you for listening. That was the last word. We'll be back on Saturday. We have Chelsea Walsh on. She's awesome. Uh We'll give you all about her. She's been on this podcast before. Um, so looking forward to that. Make sure you leave a five-star review. Uh, share this with as many friends as you can. I'd really appreciate it. This has been the Just Talk Pod with George George. You're part of the Sports on Tap Network. 
You can find us at thesportsontap.com and listen to me and my brother's podcast. With that being said, podcast with George and Sammy Jarjour. This has been Sports on Tap, and this is Sports Radio Redefined. Oh, thank you.